This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Gojek here with the record North Shore founding members Joe Coglin and Marin Carlino as we get you all caught up with everything that's been going on. A lot of fun storylines to talk about on this week's episode of the podcast. A lot of fun uh, dramatic nights now that we're uh, um, pr- pretty much getting close to normal at this point. I know we've seen some uh, pretty uh, packed places for some big sports games over the past week. So uh, things are slowly getting back to normal, and we're going to get you guys caught up on all that uh, close to normality in this week's episode. We're going to do our usual four-quarter format. In the first quarter, we get you all caught up on everything that's been happening, major storylines in the past week of North Shore sports. In the second quarter, we are joined by New Trier boys lacrosse player John Hackett. In the third quarter, we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we do we look ahead and we see some uh, postseason uh, tournaments happening already with boys and girls water polo. Give an update about a state tournament that is happening after all, after we talked about it a little bit in last week's episode. And everything else in the penultimate uh, week for a lot of the sports as we head into the postseason the last couple of weeks here. But um, before we do that, just give you a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you give us a nice little review and a like as well. Spread the word when you're at those sporting events. We appreciate all the listens and all the good feedback and bad feedback, I guess. But I don't know how much bad feedback we're getting. But um, why don't we get things started here in the first quarter by um, catching up on some big lacrosse action. We previewed it last week. Um, We talked about the big matchups between Loyola and Nutrier in both boys and girls lacrosse. Um, why don't we start with the boys since that one's fresher in our heads. Joe was out there. We're recording this on Wednesday. He was out there Tuesday night um, on a soggy uh, night um, on the hill. But uh, Joe, for a lot of Nutrier uh, fans, it was, uh, despite the circumstances, it was a fun night and a fun, thrilling ending. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I've never been to the hill when they the parking lot was absolutely full. Like they were sending cars away. Uh, which made for quite a long walk for me. Um, but uh, <laughs> where they put you? Well, they just they parked him at GBS, and he had to walk from GBS. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up parking in the in the metro lot. Um, I, I don't know. Oh wow! Oh, that is a hike, man. Yeah, yeah it's a hike. It was about a mile, but I I took a shortcut. Um, don't tell anybody. Um, through some like industrial place up a hill. So <laughs> anyway, I've been there. I've been there a few times when they've had all the cars lined up on the side. Yeah. Like, which seems yeah. a little dangerous given that it's a hill, but you know, who am I <laughs> to comment on that? Um, but no, I've never been there when they've uh, had to turn away cars. I guess that gives a good indication of just how big of a crowd it was last night. Yeah. Huge crowd. Um, hundreds of people. Um, I think I, I told you, Mark, my, the Josie estimate was 433. Um, I, I'm sure it was around there. We're talking stacks of people, student sections um, going nuts. Uh, obviously, everybody, uh, the, lo- the lower levels for lacrosse were all there, too, and some other sports. 
just a real fun active environment most people i've seen in one place in you know definitely over a year you know um you know a year and a half um, because of all this stuff but um very exciting um loyola jumped out to a big lead um for lacrosse um when two two good teams are playing a 5-1 lead is substantial um and um you know nutrier didn't think some calls went their way and, and some turnovers and penalties and things. Um, and Loyola capitalized, jumped out to that 5-1 lead. But there were two back-to-back goals. Nutria scored like like rattle shot, like real quick, boom, boom. And um, it was all of a sudden it was 5-3. And uh, then you could kind of see the tide turning. Loyola got a beautiful goal from uh, Will Maharis at the end, of right? It was like, not quite a buzzer beater because there was one second left, but he did this jump turn from behind the goal and found it pretty fun wraparound shot um six three so Loyola, Loyola had some momentum but you could kind of tell that Nutria figured some things out and their defense just clamped down in the second half only allowing two goals to Loyola um the rest of the way while kind of taking care of possessions um at a pretty pretty good clip um and scoring um five times themselves so ended up at eight eight um no real drama at the end of regulation as both teams had a possession um, to try to, to try to end things, um, but couldn't get it done turnovers. Um, but um, in overtime that happened real quick too. Um, Johnny Hackett, you know, they, they set it up where they're, you know, and, and I'm going to talk like I know about lacrosse, but these, this is really what the coach um, Tom Morales told me. Um, you know, it was one of their set plays where their, their midfielders um, kind of had, um, an opportunity to either dodge and go inside or go outside and kind of make the, make the decision themselves. It was, um, and Hackett who coach Rollins said is the fastest guy on the field, um, kind of beat a double team inside real quick move, real quick first step and some daylight. And that's all he needed from kind of that 10 yards away spot. Um, and just fired one in, took a little skip. I think it went five hole. Um, and that was it, a golden goal. So he went, through the rain, it was raining right at that moment pretty decently. Um, and uh, he, he did a little Superman run through the rain and basically got just uh, enveloped by uh, his teammates, his classmates. The green team was there in force, um, ran right in front of, uh, not in any uh, disrespectful way, but that was just the path that took him right in front of the Loyola faithful um, who were pretty dismayed. It was it was quite a party, quite a riot right there. Um, and uh, so, you know, and Hackett called it one of the best moments of his life. So exciting stuff. And, you know, look, it's, it's, it's Loyola and Nutria. We're going to have these battles in the regular season. Um, you know, they were pumped, but also the, you know, you know, I talked to Hackett and coach and um, the goalie, Brian Kasky, they kind of had the same message. Like, this is awesome. We're going to celebrate. But at the same time, you know, it doesn't mean anything you know, really, you know, especially in the season, especially the way IHSA does the playoffs now, that regular season for these teams doesn't mean much. They're going to take care of business and it's all about the postseason. And these two are going to meet and I'm maybe I'm, I'm kind of messing up one of your questions, Michael, but they're going to meet in the postseason, And uh, that's what really matters. So a really fun night on the Hill. What did you, what did you feel like when you talked to what Nutria really led to that comeback and just what was the feeling like, um, after, you know, obviously getting down to a 5-1. I mean, what was the attitude just like kind of heading back into 
um, a game where it was even 6-3. I mean, just kind of fighting back, especially, I mean, like I've seen in the photos, a lot of Loyola fans are excited and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's a it's it's a crazy atmosphere considering it's the first time, we, like you mentioned before. I mean, you got all these people together going crazy for the first time in the year. So, I mean, what, what, what did they talk about? What it was just like facing the, that type of scenario? I mean, a big deficit on the road, on the hill. Yeah, they did. And, you know, coach was telling me that basically once they cut it to they got those two goals. I, and like I said earlier, they, it was, they were huge. Knowing that they could get those and get those quick kind of gave them the confidence, even though Loyola got that end of the half goal. But, you know, 6-3, coach said he told his team, like, 6-3 in, in lacrosse is not insurmountable, and we're a good team, and we can do it. Um, and it was all about their defense clamping up, you know, allowing six goals in the first half and only two in the second half was just huge. And really, they controlled possessions. They got a lot of face-offs. They won a lot of them. Most of them probably by, I would say, a 70-30 clip, if not more. Um, and that's what um, Coach Dwyer with Loyola lamented, too. You know, they needed to have more possession in the second half to give themselves a chance. Or not a chance, but to keep, you know, run time off the clock and control the clock and, you know, maybe get some goals of their own to extend their lead. They weren't able to. They didn't score at all in the third quarter. So that Loyola defense, or Nutria defense really stepped up, um, and Brian Caskey and goal had a huge game. All right, we'll talk more about these two teams in the third quarter in a way or no way, but why don't we move over to the other Loyola Nutria matchup that happened last week on Thursday. Um, also a comeback behind victory. I know, Marty, you were there, but uh, this time it was in favor of the Ramblers uh, who uh, came back to take down their rivals uh, last Thursday. Yeah, a little bit of a role reversal in this one from the previous game we just talked about with the Ramblers coming from behind and erasing a three-goal deficit of their own to uh, – to remain unbeaten and beat Nutria for the second time this season, uh, this one being on the hill. So um, really exciting, thrilling game. The, the Ramblers come from behind victory, as I mentioned. Um, they had some huge saves at the end of the game to preserve the lead um, and, and remain unbeaten. And as I mentioned, second time beating Nutria this season. So uh, similar to the boys' side, there's likely going to be another matchup between these two teams in the postseason. I know both teams have that date circled on their calendar of when it could potentially be. It looks like uh, sometime in early to mid-June if they, they were to face off again. But, uh, yeah, really ex exciting game. The Ramblers uh, edged Nutria again for the second time. Had a chance to, uh, to catch up with uh, Coach Collins uh, over on the Nutria side after, after the game, and he just talked about how he, he thought the girls played a good game on the Nutria side, but um, – one thing you mentioned is when you're playing a team like Loyola, you pretty much almost have to play a perfect game to beat them. And he thought that they did have some miscues and, and some missed opportunities and that the Ramblers took, uh, turned those missed opportunities and made them advantages for them and, and took full advantage. So a couple miscues, a couple shooting um, miscues he mentioned, and a couple uh, defensive laps that, that he mentioned that allowed the, the Ramblers to get back into the game and erase that deficit. So, um, but, but I, I thought this was a great quote, um, towards the end of our conversation. And, um, he said last night was what it should be a great competitive game with a neighborhood rival. Um, and he said that the girls came out there and gave it their best shot and, and played as hard as they could. And that's, you know, all you can ask for, but, uh, this Ramblers team looks, uh, pretty like a pretty tough squad as it always is. Uh, and maybe even more so this year than it has in, in previous years. Yeah, let's hit on that. I mean, you obviously still undefeated after taking down Nutria uh, two times this year. Um, I mean, obviously they've got uh, some tough matchups ahead as well, but I mean, just how dominant and what makes this team uh, just so special 
Um, I mean, obviously beating Nutria is obviously a good step and with Nutria for being how good it is, but what is it about Loyola that kind of makes it so special and able to stay undefeated so far? I think they have a great mix of senior leadership um, paired with some uh, underclassmen on the roster that really have, have been with the program for a little bit and know, um, you know, what they're trying to execute there on the field. And yeah, as you mentioned, Michael, we haven't, you know, aside from these two games against new you know, haven't really seen them tested too much. They're at 13 and zero now um, so far on the season. Then after that uh, victory over new last week, they've backed it up with an, 18 to six win over St. Vider and then a, a big win over Lake Forest as well, which is traditionally a, a really good girls lacrosse program there. So um, aside from these two games against Nutria, no one has really tested them too much. And um, I think probably it's pretty fair to say that that'll be the situation in the postseason as well, where um, they're going to get the toughest test from the Trevian. So we'll see if, uh, if it's maybe going to be a third times the charm scenario for Nutria when they get, if they get another chance at them, but, They've just got tons of depth and, and some real great star power, uh, good on both sides. So they're going to be an incredibly tough team to, to take down. Yeah, definitely. Really excited to see what they're able to do. As Joe mentioned earlier, playoffs for these two teams is kind of when the season starts. So we'll see what they're able to do uh, as we head forward. Uh, the water polo playoffs uh, started uh, on Tuesday with, uh, one of our area teams uh, getting off to a really strong start. New Trier girls taking down Wheeling 17 to one. Um, so obviously a good start there for the top seeded New Trier team. Um, they will play on Friday against the winner of either uh, Loyola or GBN. The boys uh, playoff tournament starts on Thursday. So make sure you guys are catching up there as well. And then on Tuesday night, we also had the Loyola Academy girls track team win conference hosted at Loyola uh, winning GCAC a lot of uh, big winners for the Ramblers and Joe I know um, know you were there a week ago to cover a different meet but um, now that you got a chance to see this girls team I mean how uh, surprised are you that they're able to win the GCAC and who are some of the uh, faces that we'll be looking forward to seeing how they're able to do uh, once sectionals and postseason starts yeah, you know, I was surprised just following their Twitter feed last night, just how dominant it looked like they are, they were, um, and taking victories in a lot of events, um, dominating the distance. You know, you kind of expect from a from a program like Loyola with their dominant distance program, but you know, they took hurdles, um, and you know, they took one, two in hurdles, um, and a number of other events um, with strong performances to to put them up there. So. Um, Pretty cool stuff from Loyola. And just the way that coach um, Chris John Simon talked about the, the, the quickness, the, the efficiency of the season and how already they were, they were at the, the conference tournament. And last week on Wednesday, when they had a kind of a friendly invite with Nutria, it wasn't really scored. They were, they were racing and they were competing, but um, weren't keeping team scores. You know, he, he didn't even um, enter a lot of his top, uh, competitors and they he made it seem like they were still figuring out their lineup for these big meets and then six days later they they dominate the GCAC meet and uh, pardon the pun run away with the title so um, <laughs> pretty cool stuff you know they've got um, some senior leadership um, as well as um, <clears throat> their their distance is really led by some youngsters in um, see if I get these names right uh, the uh, 
the they, familiar they, faces from the cross country season uh, a lot on that program as well. And I think we coined them on this podcast as the big three of Morgan Mackey, Maeve Norman, and Allie Grammis. Yeah. And, and um, Norman and no, I'm sorry. I have to go back and look, but I know that uh, Mackey and Norman finished two, three in the mile at five eleven and five uh, 22 respectively. And Grammis took second in the 32 and I want to say, Marty, correct me if I'm wrong, if this sounds wrong, but I think Mackie won the 3,200 and set a meet record. That would not surprise me one yeah, bit. She's she a freshman sensation. Yeah, she set a meet and a track record at 1051 uh, for the two miles. So their distance took it. They, they finished 1-2 in, uh, in the hurdles, in the 300 hurdles, um, second in the 4 by 2 first in the 4 by 4 So really they just did uh, – they, they, I don't, dominate is not the right word, but they, they took care of business um, in the GCAC meet and they took the title. So congrats to them on do, being able to do that. Obviously a lot of uh, fun moments over there and we'll look forward to what they're able to do once uh, the postseason continues, I guess, which I had just say uh, being able to uh, have some postseason meets in the state meet, but um, that's everything that we have in the first quarter of the podcast. Let's move on over now to the second quarter where we hear from the hero of Tuesday night's game for Nutrier uh, boys lacrosse team over Loyola Academy, John Hackett with the game-winning goal. Joe, I know you uh, caught up with it with uh, exasperated uh, John Hackett after the game. Uh, what are the folks at home going to hear? Uh, they're going to hear just some, just some fun um, immediate comments. So I got them like right after a quick team conversation. Uh, so he's still pretty fired up. So it's pretty fun to hear him. Um, just be really happy and joyful about what just happened um, right after the match. All right, let's take a listen. I'm feeling great right now. <laughs> uh, tell me about it. Tell me about that final play, man. That was literally, my teammates kept saying, this is what you dream for. It's exactly those moments you want to be in. And it was just, it happened. How did it happen? How'd you make know. it happen? I dodged. The guy didn't slide in. I saw an opening. Came in and ripped it. Happened. And that is it. Was that what it is? What you're looking for in overtime? Just an opening, or was it some sort of set? We had some play going around. Both guys dodging shorties. Whoever's a shorty dodged. And it was me. So okay, that's awesome, man. How, how, how big of a feeling is that right now? It's huge. You know, this is our robbery. It's huge. A lot of people here doing the best moments in my life. That's amazing. I haven't seen this many people in one place yeah, in a long time. Everyone was right in front too. No stadium. Everyone was right in front. It was perfect. Um, they were up six one on you guys. Uh, they kind of got out to an early lead. What, how were they able to do that? And how'd you guys fight back? You know, we just were. I don't really know what was going on. They kept winning. The I mean, we didn't win the face off. The refs were throwing some debatable calls on us, and we just kept going. We didn't give up ever. And obviously. Throughout the season, you know, this matchup's coming up. You know, it's a good measuring stick for you guys going through the season. These are two of the best teams. So where do you guys stand right now as a team after this win? I mean, we're just ready because, you know, the seven-year curse. Loyal, whoever wins the regular season, loses in the playoffs. So we're more focused on the end of the season. This is just one big win we'll celebrate tonight. That's it. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, John, for joining us. Thanks, as always, to all the players and coaches. Always fun to get that uh, insight, especially after a thrilling win like that. Always good to get the raw emotions like that. And 
Let's move on over now to the second half of the podcast. Before we do so, let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area, so make sure to check them out. Move better and live better. All right, we're going to do way or no way in the third quarter, our weekly guessing game where Joe and Marty say whether something can happen way or no way it cannot happen. Um, why don't we just get things started here with uh, New Cheer Girls Soccer, who has a three-point lead over GBN after taking out GBN um, in uh, their recent matchup here. So way or no way, Marty, that the New Cheer Girls Soccer team has a CSL South sealed. Ooh, sealed. I like how you threw that in to make it a little bit of a tougher question. <laughs> I'm still going to go way on this one. I think that the game against Glenbrook North was going to be their toughest test. Um, you also look at it, Look, it looks like they had a 1-0 a victory over Maine South um, late last week. So uh, there, there's another conference challenger, I'm sure. But it, it looks like Glenbrook North was going to be the, the biggest challenger for that, um, for that CSL South crown. But then it also... Um, later this week, they have a game against Evanston. Evanston only has one loss as well. So that could be the game that goes a long way in deciding that conference. But uh, with what we've seen so far from Nutria this season, only the one loss, um, you know, real, real strong uh, string of play here recently, just, just rolling off wins. I'm going to go way on this one. And I think they're um, not going to cruise, but going to, going to go pretty, pretty steadily to a conference title. Yeah, sealed is the tough word here because um, <laughs> I think Evanston, you know, under the right conditions can can beat them um, or, you know, at least tie them and, and then, you know, in overtime or in a, a PK situation. But I don't think they're going to do that in the regular season. So I think at best Evanston ties them and that still gives Nutria the crown and the conference. So uh, I'm with Marty here. I think Nutria's ramping up to a postseason push and that means they're they're starting to play their best. Uh, I think that's Burnside knows how to get them there, Coach Burnside, by the postseason. So uh, they're dangerous right now. Um, and I say, wait, they got it sealed. All right. Uh, Nutria Baseball is pulling off some wins heading uh, into the final couple of weeks of the season. Uh, they're battling for a conference crown at the top. Uh, way or no way, Joe, that Nutria Baseball can pull off a division title. Oh, I do not have the standings in front of me, but I would be willing to bet that uh, GBN is going to have a, a major say in uh, taking the conference title. Uh, Nutria is is hot. They're looking pretty good. Um, I think their pitching has been uh, pretty exceptional so far. I mean, lately. Um, and but I, I I'm going to say no way. You know, it it looks like they've rattled off seven straight, but. Um, they got to take out GBN and GBN's a force. So I'm going to give it to, I'm going to say no way. Yeah. It looks like this is going to really come down to a very interesting finish here. Just skimming real quick. Some of the records uh, in conference, I've got GBN at seven and four in conference, Nutria at seven and three and Maine South at seven and three. There is still later next week, I believe a two game series between Nutria and Maine South. So that, could go a long way in deciding um, who's going to take the conference this year. But <clears throat> I, depending on how they classify it, Nutria and GBN may be tied right now because GBN probably has 
the season series lead over them. They did split the two game series, but I think maybe they might break it down on run differential between those two games. I'm not sure on that, but it's going to come down to the finish between some of these programs and the records they have in conference. So it's probably going to be a last weekend type of thing. But as Joe mentioned, after that game uh, in which Nutrier got Orloft a little bit with the 17 strikeouts, they've reeled off six, seven in a row here and have really come into a nice little rhythm. So they've got that series next week against Maine South, and that might be the the deciding factor. So, um, you know, I like how they've been playing recently, so I'm going to go way on this one too. I think there's a chance that they're going to come out um, on top of this this little log jam at the top of the conference here. All right. All right, way or, uh, third way or no way deals with Loyola Academy softball, who's seven and three in conference as of us recording this and uh, battling with M- Montini Catholic and Mother Macaulay. Um, with the big, with the few matchups against Mother Macaulay down the, uh, the past, the next week, uh, way or no way, Marty, that Loyola Academy controls its own destiny to win a conference title this year. Yeah, so I'd love to have to see how the conference standings were situated right now but it does sort of appear that they will have a chance to control their own destiny and they did split that two game series with uh mother macaulay so i'm gonna go way on this one as well overall they're 12 and 6 7 and 3 in conference as you mentioned michael they've got some nice wins um prior to the conference series against macaulay they split with trinity which is usually a pretty good program beat fenwick beat st lawrence beat resurrection uh, beat Providence. So they're starting to come into their own a little bit, but then they've got another road test against Fenwick. Um, and then they'll get resurrection and Ignatius at home. So a little bit of a tough end to the season for them as well, but they seem to be playing uh, perhaps their best softball of the season. So I'm going to go away on this one. Oh, another tough one because that is such a tough conference. Um, and you take your lumps and, um, Every th- you know, the teams kind of beat up each other as uh, they do a lot in these Catholic um, leagues, depending on the sport. So I'm going to say no way. I think they're behind a little bit, uh, a couple of these teams. And, um, you know, they are playing well. It really depends on how um, Mackenzie Berry is pitching. She's their, you know, she's their star. But I think Macaulay kind of is in a good place to, to, to win the conference. And um, I don't know who else they're behind, but I believe they're behind somebody else. Um, too. So they might have to get a couple upsets, quote unquote, by the, by the conference standings to, to leapfrog. And that might be, might be too late in the season to do that, but that doesn't mean they won't be a force in the postseason. So I'll say no way that they control their own destiny. All right, Joe, you watched uh, new Trier and Loyola boys lacrosse face off each other uh, on Tuesday night way or no way though, that those two teams don't meet each other in the state game. Well, no way they won't meet each other in the state game. There's just, it's impossible. So uh, they're going to be sectional because um, that's the way the IHSA does it now. So I don't know if we want to rephrase that question, but I talked to them extensively about that. Just the coaches, just how it's going to look this year. And because of the way the state does it, similar to every other sport, the IHSA, I should say, those teams are going to meet too early. And so we're yeah, going to- I think we're going to flip the question here, Joe, to see a quick pivot. Sorry, Michael, to see if you think the Ramblers can flip the script and beat them in the postseason. Yes, I do think that way. I'll say way they can beat Loyola 
uh, I'm sorry, Nutrier in the postseason. So there's this curse, if you guys weren't aware, uh, between the Nutrier and Loyola boys. Whoever wins the regular season loses in the playoffs. For, I believe, (laughs) seven seasons. So while it was a big celebration for Nutrier last night, they kind of had in the back of their mind, okay, we got to kind of get ready and prepare because Loyola is going to bring it in the don't. A don't touch the trophy sort of situation, superstitious kind of thing. Don't touch it. You know, don't celebrate. Right. right, right. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I think, uh, you know, the teams are going to meet in the uh, – since there aren't hundreds and hundreds of teams, I, I believe lacrosse only has a sectional similar to water polo, and then they just go right to the state after that, and they'll meet in the sectional final, uh, and we'll we'll see who's going to be the, the better, you know, and – just to throw a shot at the IHSA real quick, you know, let's get back to normalcy. No one likes <laughs> a 20 or a 15 goal victory in the state title game. That's not what it's supposed to be. And by doing it this way, that's how you do it. Seed everybody and just make the regular season matter. Make the final a possibility between the one and two seeds instead of if they are in their same section, they meet before the state final. That's no fun. Um, so but uh, I do think Loyola can it'll, – it'll be another game like this, I would imagine, um, another really tight contest in the playoffs. Yeah, I think, Joe said it, I think Joe said it best there. I don't have a ton to, to add. Obviously, the easy answer to this question is way because we saw how close of a game it was last night, one goal difference, overtime difference, you know, if, if things bounce different, if things play out just slightly different, it could obviously have – could have been a uh, a one gold victory for Loyola. So the easy answer here is a way because these teams are so evenly matched with so much talent on both sides. So not a whole lot to add. Just uh, looking forward to getting to see this one again in the playoffs. All right, final way or no way, Loyola Academy boys volleyball continues to dominate as they are seven and zero in conference and twenty two and four overall. Way or no way, Marty, that Loyola finishes the season undefeated in conference. Oh man, that's a that's always a tall task going undefeated in a conference. I'm gonna go no way on that one, just because what I had mentioned. You know that that's something that's always very challenging to do. So far, seven and zero in conference, as you mentioned there, Michael. But you know, still, still some tall challenges ahead with uh, a matchup against uh, Providence, St. Rita, uh, and then they've got some non-conference ones mixed in there before uh, a conference finish. So. I'm just going to go no way because it, it's it's tough to run the table for a full season in such a talented conference. I'm going to go away on this one. Um, obviously, we've talked about how much we admire this team, how good they are, and how they're they're a state uh, trophy caliber team. Um, and I think they took care of maybe their hardest test in Brother Rice uh, recently for the second time. Two sets, wow. Yeah, so they've done that twice. So uh, obviously, it's no walk in the park. Uh, but I think with that in their pocket, um, they could kind of finish out and uh, win out the rest of the conference slate. And, you know, in the postseason, I'm excited for that, too, especially, you know, I, I don't have the assignments in front of me. But if they're in the same same sectional as GBN, which they are, there it is. They're in the same sectional as GBN as Nutrier. Um, it's going to be good um, to see those teams all meet up and, and have a have a little little rumble Deerfield's uh, a good team too I don't know no it doesn't look like Lane Tech who just beat Loyola um, they're in a different sectional but gonna be good stuff in the sectional yeah it'll be fun to check out what they're able to do as we head into the final couple of weeks of the regular season 
and uh, look forward to the playoffs, which we're going to be talking about now in the fourth quarter, where we're going to start off. We talked a little bit about what we think the water polos can do um, next week. And now with uh, Nutrier uh, earning a win already in Loyola playing tonight in girls uh, water polo and the boys water polo um, starting this weekend. I mean, why don't we start with uh, the girls just with Loyola, uh, with uh, Nutrier having a quick uh, 17 to one win, kind of what, what we expected, but um, what are you guys expecting as uh, the tournament kind of goes quickly? Um, like we said, we'll have a section and sectional uh, title winner um, by Saturday. So, I mean, what are you guys just expecting on the girls' side um, from both uh, Nutrier and Loyola? On the girls' side, you know, I'm expecting Nutrier is really good. You know, they're the one seed for a reason. Um, I'm expecting to take care of Loyola. Um, I don't know if handily is the right word, but it'll be, you know, it'll be a statement. It'll be a win. Um, and then, you know, at this point in the season, I think they are who they are. And, and Nutria is playing some of their best water polo, but so is Evanston. And that's who's looming in the sectional final, as we talked about in the previous podcast. So I think that's the sectional final. I think they, um, Nutria downs, um, Loyola in the semis and then sets it up with Evanston. Maybe that's wishful thinking. Cause I really want to see, uh, uh the, the next matchup between these two teams. Yeah, it sort of seems like all systems are pointing towards that Saturday game with a possibility of Nutria versus Evanston. So uh, I, I'm on a similar wavelength to Joe. I think they'll get past the Ramblers on Friday night, and then that uh, that matchup against Evanston, a chance to to rehash the seven and the seven six game that they had earlier this season, uh, should be a great one. So that I think is the expectation uh, that that seems like all of us have for for how these next couple of rounds are going to play out. It'll be fun to see what happens there. And then the boys uh, for both Loyola and Nutrier start off on Thursday with uh, Nutrier playing against Mount Prospect on Thursday and then uh, Loyola playing against GBN. Um, are these two teams going to meet each other on Saturday for that sectional title game? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, not just because they are the one and the two seeds, but I think when you – when you see Nutrier, if you're loyal and you see Nutrier on the other side of the bracket, maybe you have a little bit more momentum um, to get there, um, to get to the sectional final. And, and that might be the difference between um, the win over the, you know, in the matchup with the three seeds. So um, I think they're going to meet. I think it's going to be a heck of a ball game um, and something that uh, just a real good sectional final, just something that, that we, we do the playoffs for. So if either of you guys have it up, do you, and if it's even released yet at this point, do you know if they could have to face Glenbrook North on the path to Loyola? Because it looks like earlier this season, they did drop a 7-6 game to GBN. Um, I don't know. Uh, other teams in conference look, looks like they handled Evanston by two goals. Um, pretty, pretty easily handled Glenbrook South as well. Um, yeah. So, there, you know, there is maybe a path that could be, could be a slip up, but I, I think I'd agree with Joe in saying that the expectation is, is for uh neutral and loyal to match up. All right. Well, be, it'll be fun to see uh, if that matchup happens. Um, obviously anything can happen, but it's always fun when like we saw with lacrosse uh, when these two teams match up against each other, especially when it's uh, an opportunity uh, to go to the state final tournament. Um, we've got the last uh, couple of weeks of the season, like we talked about, um, anything that you guys are looking forward to just with the teams that are uh, happening, we'll touch on 
the state tournaments that were announced last week. But um, for both girls soccer teams, both girls soccer teams have big games uh, facing off in the final weeks here. Baseball, obviously, we talked about a little bit earlier. But uh, what are you guys looking forward to here as the last couple weeks of the season um, as some of our area teams look to win a conference title? Yeah, the Nutrier-Evanston uh, girls soccer game that we talked about, which I believe is tonight, if I'm not mistaken, should be a great one and a, a really exciting one to follow along with. And then, uh, as we talked about earlier, I'm pretty excited to see how these baseball conferences play out, particularly the uh, the CSL South, because it seems like there's a lot of talented teams bunched up near, near the top and um, could be a scenario where we see a, a two-game Nutrier-Main-South series that uh, – is very competitive and means a lot. So really excited to, to see how those storylines play out. Yeah. I'm excited about baseball too. You know, I guess I didn't, uh, I knew Nutria was hot, but I didn't know they got set. They ripped off seven in a row. Um, and uh, they're riding a nice momentum wave here. Uh, could be a pretty special finish for them. And um, before the postseason, you know, it's good to be playing your best baseball, of course. Um, so they get everybody on the same page and, um, I think they got a couple pitchers. You get the hitting to go with it, and then a good hot group. Who knows what we have here um, coming up in June um, with a playoff run. So that and Nutrier soccer, I'm excited for Loyola volleyball and you know Nutrier volleyball too. I think they needed to find themselves, and I think they did. And I think that's going to set up just a really dynamic sectional, as I talked about before. Uh, always biased because I'm a former volleyball player, um, but uh, that's a lot of talent. Um, coming out of this area, and it's going to be special in the postseason. So it's going to be fun. It'll be a lot of fun, as will the boys' volleyball and boys' lacrosse state tournament be. We talked about it a little bit last week without official uh, notice, and then once we uh, published the podcast, the news came out. So, Joe, uh, <laughs> what is uh, actually going to happen um, with boys' lacrosse and boys' volleyball uh, this postseason? So local news, guys, listeners, that's why you tune in to local news, because we got our pulse on it. Uh, we kind of saw this coming uh, down the pike when the governor kind of announced that they were trending in the right direction. Well, we thought, well, doesn't that mean then if we get there that these tournament, these uh, two sports will have state championships, which they didn't at first, boys uh, lacrosse and boys volleyball, as we explained last week. And, and sure enough, um, IHSA was ready um, as soon as Pritzker kind of backed up his statements even more with, okay, we're doing it. Um, so that was great news for these guys, especially, like I said, you know, as we reported in the area, uh, that it really matters for these teams. It really matters for Loyola and Nutria lacrosse. Um, they're the two best teams in the state. Um, it really matters for Nutria and, and Loyola volleyball who, who could, could make it to the state finals and these seniors who didn't get, um, a year as juniors either, um, pretty special for them. So, Pretty cool. It's gonna it's gonna play out just like it would in normal years. They're gonna have a full in volleyball, a regional, sectional, and state finals, and in lacrosse, a sectional, then state. So, um, gonna be like a normal year. It's just nice to see every little thing, any little thing, I should say, uh, return to normal like it was pre-pandemic, even if it's something as slight as as a state championship in suburban Illinois. But it's cool. Yeah, and it just makes you think back to some of the teams that we've covered earlier this season that. Uh, unfortunately didn't have that chance to um, prove their medal at the state tournament level. Um, and, and some of these programs that we covered early this year showed us during the regular season that they had the potential to do some really special things in the playoffs. I think back to um, way back in the fall, 
obviously the new cheer girls golf team dominant season, um, you know, sort of ended things on top, but didn't have the chance to, to show just how good, how great they were um, in that state tournament. And then you think back to um, obviously the, the winter season and some of the previous sports earlier this year, the Loyola um, girls basketball team that, that Joe had a chance to cover uh, quite a bit, you know, everything that he told us and reported on, you know, said that they would have been able to, to make a really nice run in the state tournament. And obviously Loyola football, um, you got to throw neutral football in there as well. You know, that could, this could have been a year, maybe they could have made a little bit of a playoff run and the Ramblers, I think we could all agree. We would have been shocked if they didn't win the state title. So it's just great that now these, these spring seasons have a chance to take part in those tournaments and um, at least have a shot at, um, getting that ultimate prize, which is a state championship. Yeah, definitely very cool. Obviously happy to get that opportunity, especially since uh, these kids didn't even get a season last year. Uh, so it's good to get that opportunity and uh, hopefully uh, get things back to normal and have a state tournament to uh, talk about and uh, complain about IHSA seating because that's how nature heals with the high school reporters. We just have uh, the IHSA to yell about, but uh, that's everything that we got for this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, thanks as always for listening to us. Uh, just a quick reminder, subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Give us a nice little shout out as well. Spread the word while you're at these tournament games and all these uh, postseason games. We got a lot of stuff to talk about in the upcoming weeks with the last few weeks of the regular season and the first of many postseason tournaments happening simultaneously. So make sure you're checking up with us at the recordnorthshore.org and also on the varsity podcast as well. So for Joe, Marty, and I, thank you so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you guys down the road. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the varsity uh, product of the recordnorthshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.